Hey all, this is Brian Zimmerman, host of Jazz's Backstage Pass. Before we get into today's episode, outlining some essential works of jazz nonfiction, just wanted to thank our monthly sponsor. That would be Eric Baldwin. Eric, thanks for making this show possible. If you too would like to become a monthly sponsor, simply click the link in the show episode description. All right, now on to today's episode. Hey everybody, Brian Zimmerman here, executive editor of Jazz's Magazine and host of Jazz's Live, coming to you on a Wednesday afternoon, uh, continuing with our Essentials series here. So I've been having a lot of fun putting these Essential series together, and I hope you've enjoyed watching them. We kind of just go through you know, piece by piece elements of jazz and list some essential items in those categories. Today, the category is going to be books. This is a first in our book series. You know, last week we learned of the passing of Stanley Crouch, um, who was kind of a, a giant uh, in this industry of jazz criticism and jazz journalism. Um, and he was a controversial figure just in the way he defined jazz, what it was and what it wasn't. But there's no denying that he provided some unique perspectives and unique insight into the history of jazz uh, and what makes jazz such an incredible art form. Um, so on his passing, it got me thinking about, because I, I read his stuff and I appreciate his stuff. And I, I got thinking about what were some other books, you know, that kind of really changed the way I thought about jazz. And so I decided to put together this list of essential nonfiction books. So we're going to get through those, we're going to get into those in a minute. Um, now there is like some caveats for that, for this list. Um, number one, there's a lot of jazz nonfiction out there, a lot of great jazz, jazz nonfiction. For this list, I didn't want to include autobiographies. We'll save that for another Essentials video. So, you know, no Miles Davis autobiography here, no Charles Mingus autobiography here, you know, that he wrote in the third person about himself. Um, and I also didn't want to include any really like best of writings. I have some great, you know, collected works of Whitney Balliet, who, who wrote for the New Yorker. Um, I just wanted to give, you know, single di digestible works of nonfiction that, like I said, kind of changed the way I thought about jazz. As we run through this list, I would, of course, love to hear your recommendations or what you're reading right now. Um, and yeah, down the line, perhaps we'll do a jazz fiction essentials. We'll do a jazz autobiography essentials. There's a lot we could do with this reading jazz series. Speaking of reading jazz, though, I wanted to show you because this just came in the mail a few days ago. This is our, here it is, our fall 2020 issue all about the art of the album. I love that graphic on the cover. The album is your heart. If the album is your heart, you know, the vinyl record turntable lies at the center of your heart too. This is the uh, issue for you. So it has already been mailed to subscribers. And again, it's all about collecting albums, producing albums, album cover art. Um, if you love albums as much as I do, you're going to want to read this material. We have converted all of the articles in this print issue into HTML articles that you can read online anytime on any device. You will need a digital subscription to read them. Uh, but fortunately, we're offering a special subscription rate right now for Jazz's live viewers. Uh, for just 99 cents per month for three months, you can unlock unlimited digital access to the site so you can read all, all of the articles from this issue plus previous issues. And then we'll enroll you to receive our forthcoming winter 2020 issue, which is all about the 
I was going to say the art of the album again. No, it is all about jazz on film. Winter 2020 issue coming out in December. Jazz on film, jazz scores, uh, jazz documentaries, films about jazz musicians. That's due out in December. And if you sign up for the subscription now, we'll enroll you to receive a complimentary copy. All right, so let's go ahead and kick off our list of my essential jazz nonfiction. We're going to start actually with Stanley Crouch's work. That would be uh, Kansas City Lightning, The Rise and Times of Charlie Parker. Um, this was kind of Stanley Crouch's magnum opus. It was this sprawling uh, biography of Charlie Parker. And uh, yeah, it really encapsulates, I think, Stanley Crouch's writing. It is super imaginative. And look, there are a lot of great biographies about Charlie Parker out there. Um, one is written by one of my favorite writers, uh, uh, Gary Giddens. But this one really takes into account the world surrounding Charlie Parker, you know, in the 1920s when he was growing up in Kansas City, and what that world was like to live in for a young black genius. Uh, that was Charlie Parker. So yes, it goes into the life of Charlie Parker's development as a musician, you know, and the 15 hour, you know, practice sessions he would do in his shed. But it also uses Charlie Parker's life to explore some of the social and political things that were going on and kind of explain how those contributed to Charlie Parker's art form, to Charlie Parker's genius. It is written in a kind of snapshot you know, cursory style. It's a little bit all over the place, much like Charlie Parker's Wild Bebop lines, but it is a really good book. And if you're looking for a way into Stanley Crouch's writing, and again, full disclaimer, Stanley Crouch is divisive when it comes to his thoughts on jazz. But if you're looking for a way in and you want to read some of the works of this giant of jazz criticism, this could be the place to start. It is, uh, once again, Kansas City Lightning, uh, The Rise and Times of Charlie Parker by Stanley Crouch. All right, the next book on the list I actually own. So I own a few of these books. I have at one point owned uh, Stanley Crouch's Kansas City Lightning, but I've moved a couple times and things get lost in the shuffle. Uh, but the next book on my list is this one here, Blues People by Leroy Jones, uh, also known as Amiri Baraka. Um, this is a fascinating book that dives deep, deep into the history of jazz, you know, through its roots into blues and even African music. Um, and it really explains how blues and prior to that, you know, African spirituals are the kernel of jazz. And it explains how and more importantly, why those kernels, you know, expanded to become what it is today, jazz. Um, it's a really good book. Again, Amiri Baraka, you know, born Leroy Jones. Um, you know, not without his fair share of controversy, but uh, this is a really, really insightful book. If you want to, you know, go past the, some of the traditional jazz histories, and again, there are many great ones. Gary Giddens wrote a textbook-like history of jazz that reads, you know, almost like a, a magazine feature. Uh, it's really good. Definitely check those out, but this probes a little bit deeper. Um, this goes, again, back to even pre-colonial American times. Um, so for a, a far-reaching history of jazz, this is a great place to start. Again, it's Blues People by Leroy Jones, later known as Amiri Baraka. You want to check this one out. Okay, next on the list, as we move right along, um, we're going to go back to another kind of biography, but more like third-person memoir. This is a book I just loved when I read it. I picked it up 
at like an airport or something like that. And I spent the whole flight and half the vacation reading it. It is Coltrane, the story of a sound by Ben Ratliff. Ben was a longtime writer uh, and jazz critic for the New York Times. Um, this was such a fascinating biography because it wasn't just a history of John Coltrane, the man. It traces the evolution of John Coltrane's sound. Yes, the sound of his saxophone. So you're literally watching as or reading along as Coltrane's style evolves from, you know, when he was learning to play in the Navy and kind of doing Charlie Parker ripoff licks and, you know, R&B bands and stuff like that, all the way through the Giant Steps era, you know, my favorite things, a love supreme into the more avant-garde stuff he was doing toward the end of his life. And of course, in following, in tracing the development of Coltrane's sound, his literal sound, uh, you learn so much about the man himself. It happens to be John Coltrane's birthday today, September 23rd. So if you want to celebrate John Coltrane's birthday, maybe this is the way to do it. You pick up a copy of Ben Ratliff's uh, Coltrane, The Story of a Sound. And it's really interesting tidbits sprinkled throughout. Just, you know, we take this uh, uh, descriptor of Coltrane's sound for granted, uh, sheets of sound. People always say he has this sheets of sound style. Uh, and Ben really goes into where that came from, how it developed, who coined it. Um, again, uh, just a really great book from one of my favorite writers, Ben Ratliff. He wrote another book I really like called, um, oh, what is it called? I think I have it somewhere. Every song ever. Here it is. Every song ever that really informed the way I listen uh, to music, period. Uh, he kind of isolates different elements of music, slowness, repetition, loudness, uh, and breaks down how those apply across genre. I talk about listening vertically through genre a lot, and uh, I take a lot of that philosophy from this book, also written by Mr. Ben Ratliff. Uh, that was a free, by the way. Uh, we're going to move on to the next essential album on our list. This is number four. It's from one of my favorite writers, period. Um, and forgive this kind of beat up, sad looking copy here. Uh, but you're going to love the name. We happen to love the name. This would be Jazz Is. Okay, so Jazz is by nat hentoff uh and nat hentoff if you don't know he was longtime contributor to the village voice uh he was the editor for downbeat magazine for a while um he wrote a lot about jazz a ton about jazz early in his career but then kind of moved on to write about another one of his passions which was civil liberties, uh, the First Amendment, um, Supreme Court rulings. Uh, and he wrote about these topics with you know a great deal of authority, despite the fact that he wasn't a lawyer. He was not a jazz musician and he wrote about jazz. He was not a lawyer and he wrote about you know First Amendment civil liberties. Um, and in order to do that and to be so widely read, he really had to develop a style that was clear, that was lucid, that was easy to understand. And that is what I love so much about reading uh, Nat Hentoff. So jazz is, it's really cool. It's a profile of a bunch of musicians, Duke Ellington, Billie Holiday, Louis Armstrong, Jerry Mulligan, Miles Davis, Charlie Parker, you know, a lot of the bigs. Um, and he uses, you know, so much of the musician's own words uh, and words of other musicians. It's almost like a collage of stories, you know, told by other musicians about, say, Duke Ellington or Jerry, Jerry Mulligan uh, or Cecil Taylor. And Nat here is really kind of 
working as a sculptor to arrange those anecdotes into compelling narratives, compelling profiles about these musicians. Um, again, I love Nat Hentoff's work. I read his jazz stuff. I read his political stuff. I think he's a fantastic writer. Another guy who maybe controversy is a through line here, but uh, was really a, just a walking contradiction and proud to be a walking contradiction. They made a great documentary about him called The Pleasure of Being Out of Step. Uh, he was a self-professed uh, Jewish atheist. He was a uh, uh, anti-Vietnam war pacifist who supported the Iraqi invasion. Uh, he was a pro-life civil libertarian, a, a free thinker in the absolute sense of the word. Um, and again, if you're just looking for a unique perspective on jazz, uh, Nat Hentoff can't go wrong. All right. And that brings us to the fifth and final book on the essentials list. Uh, this is a fantastic biography called Footprints, The Life and Work of Wayne Shorter by Michelle Mercer. We could pull that cover up there. Yeah. Uh, you know, Wayne Shorter is really a genius of jazz and he's still with us. And so that genius is amplified even more because he continues to work. Um, but Michelle in this uh, biography, she spent a lot of time with Wayne and, and Wayne's colleagues uh, and really got to get into the mind of Wayne. And it's cool to see her start with jazz and then work outward toward the other some of the other things that informed Wayne's, you know, artistry. Uh, he was, he loved comic books. He loved, you know, films and astronomy. And of course, you know, Buddhism, which became a part of his life uh, uh, later in life. Um, and so, yeah, it's interesting to see how all these puzzle pieces fit together um, to create, you know, Wayne Shorter, the man who gave us so many iconic compositions uh, in so many different settings, you know, be it with uh, Art Blakey or Miles Davis or, you know, with uh, Weather Report or his own stuff. He was writing for symphonies, you know, just recently he put out a, a graphic novel. Um, so yeah, and Michelle is a beautiful writer. She has a way of just describing Wayne's music that is absolutely spot on. Um, she continues to write as well. She's contributing a bunch um, to jazz publications. So yeah, the that was the fifth uh, book on my list. Again, I know there are so many more out there and there are there are so many nonfiction books. I'm a huge reader of nonfiction. Uh, there are so many out there. In fact, I brought a few. If you're interested in getting into some contemporary, you know, more recent books of uh, jazz criticism, some you might want to check into. This is Playing Changes uh, by Nat Chinen, Nate Chinen, sorry, who, again, longtime contributor at, uh, at the New York Times and is now doing amazing work at WBGO, the radio station. Uh, this was a series of profiles, kind of jazz in the current moment and how it's changing. So he's talking to people like, you know, Kamasi Washington and people like that who are continuing to push jazz forward at this very moment. This was a great read. You can want to check this one out for sure. Um, and then this one by Kevin Whitehead. This came out a little while ago, but this is a great primer for jazz. Um, anyone who wants to start getting into jazz or, um, you know, a friend that says, hey, you have any books? I want to start listening to jazz. Anything you can recommend how I could, you know, get started kind of a roadmap for jazz. This is a great book. It's like a series of questions that Kevin Whitehead is asking and then answering himself. It's short. It's a, you know, just a, uh, maybe a barely over a hundred pages. Um, but it's a really good read. Kevin Whitehead just wrote a new book about 
you know, coincidence, jazz on film. Um, and it will be excerpted in our winter 2020 issue. Again, this is the issue that's coming out in December, all about jazz on film, your favorite jazz film scores, actors who love jazz, jazz musicians who act. Um, yeah, and Kevin White, an excerpt from Kevin Whitehead's book will be in that issue. Again, you sign up now for the three-month trial subscription. You could read all the stuff on our website. Plus, you'll get a brand spanking new copy uh, of that winter 2020 issue when we're ready to roll it off the press. Okay, that does it for today's episode of Essential Jazz Nonfiction. Again, let me know what you want to hear next in this reading series. Do we do jazz novels, uh, jazz fiction, jazz poetry? That could be cool. Jazz autobiography. Let me know in the comments what you think. Thanks also to our sponsor, Mac Avenue Records. They've been putting us on the road to great music for more than 20 years. Got a really cool album right out right now. It's a reissue of an album by bassist Brian Bromberg uh, interpreting the music of Jimi Hendrix. So, and it was just recently something like the, the, 50th anniversary of Jimi Hendrix passing earlier in the month. Um, so this is bassist Brian Bromberg, who plays piccolo bass, uh, bass guitar, acoustic bass, interpreting Jimi Hendrix music and a jazz fusion style. It's really cool. Check out macavenue.com for more info. And yeah. Uh, follow us on Facebook. Subscribe on YouTube. Hit that notification bell so you know that when so you know when we're going live. Thanks for watching today's episode, and uh, we'll see you next time. So long, everyone.